There are many ways a person can respond when encountering Jesus. You can deride him. You can bow before him. You can challenge him. You can leave him or you can follow him. And Jesus asks all of us to do what? Follow him. But he desires for all people to have free will. We can choose to follow him or not follow him. But his desire is that all people follow him so that they can be saved by him, to follow the path that he has put in place. The lesson is called Encountering Jesus. The light, the apostle, the message. So the first point is the light. Do you recall the story of Saul's conversion? First, it started with his denial of Christ. He denied that God would become human, and he denied that Jesus was the Messiah. So Saul began his work in earnest to destroy the Lord's church when he is first seen at the execution of Stephen. Acts chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. Acts chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. And Saul approved of his execution. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentation of him. But Saul was ravaging the church. Saul entered house after house. He dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. But on his way to Damascus to continue his ravaging, his persecution of Christians, Paul was blinded by an amazing light. Acts 9.3 says, Now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. You might have noticed the word I added, amazing, doesn't show up in the text, but it was amazing nonetheless. Bright lights can be debilitating, can't they? A sick person might say, keep the blinds closed. It gives me a headache. It hurts my eyes. If a person shined a strong flashlight in your face, especially at night, you're going to say what? Man, get that out of my eyes. It hurts my eyes. At our New Year's Eve party, Justin gave a nice devotional. We turned off the lights and got it as dark as possible. Then everybody was given a candle. And we lit each candle. The point was, keep the light of Christ burning in your life to a dark world because the light was shining. I remember being taught, don't look directly at the sun. Who remembers that conversation? All right, all right, good, good, good. Why? Well, it hurts your eyes and it can cause great damage. Plus, its intensity is so strong, what is our tendency when we're looking in the direction of the sun? Squint. 
Because the sun is so bright, it hurts our eyes. We squint. What did you notice? And listen to this passage and tell me what you might notice. As I was on my way and drew near to Damascus, about noon, a great light from heaven suddenly shone around me. Now, this is his explanation of his story in Acts 22, verse 6. First, it was noon. It's the brightest point in the day when the sun is shining. How much brighter? And you can't even look at it without hurting your eyes. And yet the text says what? And yet there was a great light, stronger than even our sun. Now, if I was to make up this story, I would say, and he was going to Damascus at the darkest of night, and suddenly a light blinded his eyes, and, but it was at noon. Do you see this? It was at noon in a great light. Jesus is described in Scripture as what? The light. The light. What did Jesus say to the Pharisees who freely ridiculed Jesus? He said, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. John 8, 12. Now, did the people see this great light as a physical light? Did the Pharisees going, man, I need some shades because your light that's coming from your body is too much. That's not what they said, was it? Here he is referring to what? His message. His message. The message about him. He is the light. The truth of salvation that emanates from him is light. Those who don't listen to him will walk in darkness. Now, does that mean those who don't listen to him only come out at night? They only get jobs when the sun is down. No, that's not what it means. It means they don't walk in his truth. So if you don't walk in his truth, you're not walking in the light. Therefore, you're walking in what? Darkness. And the truth that Saul learned was this. Jesus is God who became flesh and now has ascended to heaven. He is the head of his church. He seeks everyone's salvation. I like that. He seeks everyone's salvation. But also Saul learned what? That Jesus is the Messiah and all the teachings that he is about to learn come from Jesus alone. They come from God. They come from Jesus. They come from the Holy Spirit. And as we learn from our study in 1 John, they come from the apostles of Christ. And where did they get the message? God. These teachings from God are what can save people from their sins. The second point is the apostle. <clears throat> the recent sermons, we finished with 1 John two weeks ago. And prior to that, we looked at 1 and 2 Peter and Jude. Now, 1 Peter dealt with persecution a lot. 
in text for Christians who are going through suffering, how to persevere. But 2 Peter and Jude, as well as 1 John, deal with, in a big sense, false prophets, false teachers, false preachers. You see, what we learn from Scripture is called the truth. You can also call it the message of God. You can also call it the gospel of Jesus Christ. How serious is God in Christ about their message? How serious are they? Did they ask our great knowledge and experience to add advice to their gospel message? No, they didn't. They didn't. It seems very serious since Jesus was willing to die on the cross. Was that not part of their plan? Yes, it was. He is intent on keeping his message the way he wants it. But false prophets are intent on changing the message. 1 John, 2 Peter, Jude, and so many other places. The Apostle John called them what in 1 John chapter 2, 18 and following? Antichrists. He tells us to test their teachings based on what? The truth from God. 1 John 4, 1 through 6. And how do we test these spirits or teachings? Well, we test them by what the apostles taught. If the apostles didn't make it up, and they didn't. And their message came through the Holy Spirit from God, and it did. Then what is the standard? And if it doesn't follow the standard, is it God's message? John said, the Apostle John, I should add, We are from God, 1 John 4, 6. But he starts off 1 John by saying what? We have heard, we have seen, we have touched Jesus. Does the we there mean me? Does it mean you? I wasn't there when he was alive on earth. John is saying, we are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of what? Truth and the spirit of error. It's a very bold claim, I would say. Not too many people might get away with that claim today. Well, maybe they do. But their claim is based on a foundation. A strong foundation in the words of Christ, the miracles and the message. Jesus said, I do, in his prayer to the Father, I do not ask for these only, talking about those who would be the apostles, the original 12, but also for those who will believe in me through their what? Word. Through their word. Who are, whose word? The apostles' word. Who's believing 
in God through the apostles' word. Everybody thereafter. Where does the standard come from? The apostles' teaching. Did they make it up? As so many people believe today. No. It came from God, Christ, and the Holy Spirit. They were not allowed to deviate from the truth. And we are not allowed to deviate from the truth, are we? The encounter. The original 12 apostles encountered Jesus. Oh, we can read all about that in the Gospels, can't we? And even in Acts. To be one of these apostles, you needed to be picked by Jesus. When did he pick them? When he was alive on the earth. You needed to have been around during the time of John the Baptist. You needed to be involved in Jesus' ministry while he was walking on the earth. You needed to have witnessed to the resurrection and the ascension according to Acts chapter 1, verses 21 through 26. These men would be Christ's witnesses. They are truth tellers. That's their job. Truth tellers. They know the message. If anyone knows the difference, it is them. Paul is also Christ's apostle who encountered Jesus. But did he walk with him during the time when Jesus walked on earth? No. He was not one of the original twelve. But he was called as a special witness. Who called him? Jesus. A special witness and, a, and for Christ and an apostle for him as well. Acts chapter 9, 14 through 19. And through the message from the apostles, guess what? We encounter Christ too. We encounter Christ as well. But let me ask you, did the 12 apostles, Paul, or the prophets of God each speak a different gospel? We know what happened to those false prophets who spoke something that didn't come from God, don't we? And those who spoke God, did they get their message by their own creativity? Mm -mm. They were guided by the Holy Spirit. They did not teach a different truth than what God wanted. Why? Because their only source is God. And anything that differs in teachings from God's teachings, as the Apostle John says, is from who? The evil one. 1 John chapter 5, verse 19. So the third point is the message. What is the message? The message is, God will save a lost people through the sacrifice of Jesus. God will save a lost people through the sacrifice of Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 21 through 24. For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seeks wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and folly to the Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God.
Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2.2, 2, For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Paul again goes in Galatians 6.14, But far be it for me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. And then in Ephesians 3.8, Paul says this, To me, though I am the very least of the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. You know, their grace is not the idea, in this case, of forgiveness. It's the idea of what God gives. And what he gave Paul was the message. The message. To preach it. There are many facets to this message of the gospel of Christ. And I don't mean, mean many ways to be saved or many types of Jesus. But at its center point, we see what? Christ, his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, and his church. This is real if we are in a biblical relationship with God through Christ. Now, my future son-in-law, boy, that's an odd thing to say, James, asked my permission to marry Caitlin. I said yes, and honestly, I'm very well pleased. He is a dedicated Christian, and he will seek to continue to grow in Christ. Now, he assumed that I would have a lecture for him. I didn't really. I actually teared up a little bit and gave him a big hug. And I'm so grateful for answered prayers. I did say this. If somebody offers me an opportunity to lecture, I guess I'll take it. I said this. There will be ups and there will be downs in your marriage. It is important to stay focused on God who will lead you to heaven. And what I said was true. There will be ups and downs, right? In our marriage or otherwise. And God is the only way to heaven. But that is not the whole message, is it? There's more to the story. There's more to the message. When Paul preached Christ crucified, he also taught about hope, as we talked about this morning. He also talked about love. Forgiveness, mercy. He talked about the church, which Christ is the head of. He talked about immersion for the forgiveness of sins. He talked about how to contact the blood of Christ and be in a relationship with Jesus. He taught about him being a sinner, chief of sinners, and that Christ also forgave him because he fully turned his life over to Christ. He taught about the importance of following Christ in your life, in your work, in your family, in the body of Christ. But it's centered around Christ crucified. It centers around Christ crucified. Paul was a prolific writer. 
inspired by God through the Holy Spirit. And he has 13 letters in the New Testament. In these letters, you will learn about salvation. And that salvation only comes through Jesus. In the following sermons after today, we will look more closely at Paul's travels and some of his encounters with people inside and outside of the church. You might be trying to guess where I'm going to go next. It's a big story, isn't it? It's a big story. In conclusion, the lesson is called Encountering Jesus. The first point is the light. Who is the true message? Who has it? He is the light of the world. His name is Jesus Christ. Second, the apostle. The apostles are truth givers. And the truth they have given is God-given, not man-given. And third, the message. At its center's point, it revolves around the life, death, resurrection, ascension of Jesus Christ. Christ seeks people's salvation. So let's help them encounter Christ. If anybody has any needs this morning, prayer requests or otherwise, please come forward now as together we stand and sing.